What's on your mug right now? What is that? This is my Estelle Getty (gasps) Sophia Golden Girls mug. Very nice. Savage. I found the find of finds at Home Goods. It was an entire Golden Girls mug collection. At Home Goods? At Home Goods. That is that is they they know they know who's there. I'll tell you what. (laughs) They they know their target demographic is gonna i mean that's 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 so interesting because it seems like it'd be such a niche thing but it's like oh no that's you know that's widely appeal like like uh like golden girls are awesome like that's that's fun that they have they they had some catch like that you know and two weeks before that i had found the cast of hocus pocus mugs and i was like oh they know oh yeah that mafia shopping here on a sunday absolutely this is that is so on the nose like (laughs) oh my gosh but yeah Yeah. i would totally buy a hocus pocus mug hell yeah i have too many mugs because of this this very issue you know you go to like a ross and you're like wonder woman yeah (laughs) you know yeah right fuck i want to look at that in the morning (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. good times hey chelsea hey chelsea hey hey victoria you know what i need what a breath of fresh movie oh man me too Welcome. This is A Breath of Fresh Movie, a podcast where I, Victoria Harley, and, and I, Chelsea Pope, we watch a movie neither one of us has ever seen before, and then we talk about it. That's right. Yeah. That's but this right. week, we have another another person in the mix. Uh, my dear friend, Travis Holp, is joining us. Hi, Travis. Hello, Travis. Well, hey, Victoria and Chelsea. How are you? Oh, we're oh, great. Delightful. We're so happy to have you on. This is, yeah. this is, this is delightful. I'm so pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, I've known Travis for more years than I care to admit. Um, but we've known each other quite a long time since yeah. we were uh, little kids. And uh, I'll just put it that way, little kids. But um, you're special to me. Uh, you'll always have like a really big place in my heart. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> this is sweet. I just don't. I don't see. Tra- we, Me and Travis were tight. But, you know, we have that kind of relationship where like you cannot talk for a year. And yeah. When you talk again, you're like, oh, we didn't need to talk all year because we're in the same like trajectory or wave, like, whatever you want to say. But yeah. like I was a, I was blown away when we talked that I was like, wow, like we're <laughs> we're still like in the same headspace a lot of the time. And that was just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Those kinds of friends are special, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I got a few I haven't talked to in a while. Chelsea doesn't know what friends are. So no. I just thought I would show her. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, for sure. I know all about like not talking, not talking to, not talking to friends. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I actually have a really good friend, Sable, who we've been, we've been friends since like the third or fourth grade, but she's someone who I've maybe literally only seen once every like five years or something and a couple years back I like sung at like her her grandmother's funeral like it was it was it's just one of those things you you know you have long-standing relationships with people and then you you, that's a tough gig I'm just gonna say oh yeah I had to learn the words to to Ave Maria I didn't know it and I thought it was gonna be easier than it was it was a hard one and I it was just and there was no one playing anything I was singing acapella it was like and it was it was a very cold church too 
I don't know if I'm not. I'm, I'm probably talking too much about this. Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> no, I, I was a little angry, you know, because I hadn't I hadn't seen Sable in a while, and this is like a very significant family member and and okay. her and and her her family's life, and you know, I'm I'm like literally just trying to connect with you guys, okay? Like I just I'm trying to you share are. a relatable no. friendship and I'm to like, the one you two and have, I'm, and I'm like laughing in your face as you're telling me this yeah, gentle you guys story are just, about singing at the funeral. No, um, no, I. Just but yeah, long-standing friendships can be special. Yeah, yeah, they can. Just I'm making a mental note to have uh, Victoria sing a cappella at uh, <laughs> at my funeral. Yeah, uh, actually, <laughs> we we were talking because I'm so you know I'm so morbid, and I was telling my friends that you know because of course naturally like the topic of my death comes up. I'm a very healthy 35 year old man, so why wouldn't I talk about my death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, naturally, and naturally, my, it's going too well. My, yeah telling my friends i'm gonna send you all ouija boards oh my god just to keep in touch with all of you <laughs> oh please my do god. you can send cute. it now actually. that's actually kind of cute it's like okay you guys keep in touch like a little yeah. love you uh, darkly that's a darkly sweet like little post post-mortem uh uh yeah. gift that's cute and a, something a, cheeky about a that. wonderfully morbid tie-in to today's film yes uh which Travis selected for us, which thank you. Thank so you so much. much. Um, we watched can, Elvira, <laughs> Mistress of the Dark, which came out in 1988. Can I tell you that you guys are the first and only people who have ever thanked me for picking a movie? Because I know that my other friends will be listening to this uh, going, yeah, we never let him pick the movie. So thank oh, you. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, your, your friends need to wake up and... Smell the fabulous. Smell yeah. the fabulous. That's it. I was like, I, I did not have an end to that. Only the best movie selections here. I mean, yes. you know what, though? I mean, I you loved Hocus Pocus like when we were kids. Like you were like we always loved spooky movies. I mean, you were so into I feel like we went to a lot of screenings of movies like Halloween, you mm. know, and Jeepers Creepers. And frankly, a lot of stuff that kind of terrified me um, and like made me think I didn't like horror movies because I'm like, Oh God, this is too much. But yeah. I, I, you were definitely always like a horror buff, you know, for as much as, you know, a couple of kids in Ohio can be. And, um, you know, yeah. I think we like shared a love of the, the macabre, and all that, you know, fun shit. I love that word. Yes. Macabre. Yeah. Um, yeah. we went trick or treating together. So I feel like, yeah, Halloween time is natural. In fact, actually I was thinking, and this might not end up in it. I just need to tangent on this for a sec. Yeah. But like, I was thinking about the Halloween party that you threw, I think it was in sixth grade and it was at your parent, it was at Ron's pizza. It was at your parents' pizzeria. And I like, that was like a crystallizing moment of like, that was one of the first parties I ever went to with a bunch of kids. It wasn't a birthday party. It was like a Halloween costume party. And it, was yeah. fucking, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh I, so Vicky paints it as a pizzeria. It was a bar. It was <laughs> a bar. My parents were letting children run around a bar. Oh, amazing. Have a Halloween party. This is, that. that's the reality. I love that romanticized, like, oh, it was this fabulous pizzeria. It was a bar. <laughs> it was, but it was fun. I remember, I remember that. And I remember like, picking the music and like curating a playlist and then being so devastated because my little boombox wasn't loud enough to play in the bar. So we ended up having to listen to whatever was on the jukebox. It was like Travis Tritt or something. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. Cause it was in uh, Miamisburg, Ohio. So, yes. uh, and oh my, my and that, which totally reminds me of the town 
in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good segue. Good it, fucking that is a really segue. Good segue. It really does, though. I'm watching this movie this afternoon, and I was like, this is where I grew up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm a, am I Elvira? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the question of the of the episode is am I Elvira? Aren't we all yeah, we Elvira? Elvira? Because this is a woman who just wants to get the money and have some sex. And damn she's it, got her priorities in order, it, you know. That's relatable. I mean, yeah, she's got <laughs> simple interests and like I I think good for her. Like I think she her head was in the right place. She was a she was a very like uh, you know, for all of the the silliness and the jokes and the sides and cheekiness, you know, she was a she was a, a very determined and driven uh, character. I, I really I appreciated that the hustle of her, you know, going door to door, applying for jobs and just and getting that house fixed and like we're gonna sell out this movie, like just all these different tasks that she's like gonna roll up my sleeves and and get this done. Yeah, it was so good. And I mean, you know, and who doesn't love like a let's fix up this house montage? Oh, so fun. Totally delivered, which just makes me so happy. But no, it was, you know, it was really great. And it makes me reflect on just where we're at in, in the world and you know how far question mark we've come. Mm-hmm. Um yep. women and and people in general that are just trying to live their life and you've got these townsfolk (laughs) are living in fear and are so ignorant and blinded by by that that you know they can't see that she's just this person that's just trying to live her dreams yeah Yeah. totally just like first impressions was i i knew she was like funny but i didn't know like how much i was going to enjoy she's almost like may west like she's got like a may west quality and like this how's your head oh i haven't had any complaints yeah <laughs> you know? she's just a very i I like that the jokes were as as sometimes like just so hammy and corny or like the pun being so like like the setup is so overtly like sexual but at the same time the delivery is so clean and 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 uh i, I found it's a very it was very grounded within her character or if she was doing doing that she's doing the hamminess it served the scene or what what was meant to happen in terms of her trying to persuade someone for something or trying to dissuade someone of something like like she was very uh, self-aware as yeah. a character i love that about yeah. her totally yeah cassandra peterson who who plays elvira like you cannot tell me that that's just not how she is in real life yeah like, that's how i feel like good she is yeah at this character you know it's kind of like dolly like yeah she's yes, playing a yes. character but i feel like that's just who she really oh, she's is in she's in control of it you know and i that's yeah. that's i love that that you brought up dolly you know because this did remind me of you know there's the the interview she had where she's talking about like you know people they're making fun of my this or my that you know how i present myself but this is all this is uh, these are all choices i know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing like she's i yeah. i'm yeah. i don't know the quote this is 100 percent paraphrase but just i've always i've always appreciated that oh that ownership of uh and and self-love you know totally that that is that 
that is so like overt about about her as yeah. as a as a person and a character and the same with this and the same you know I had that same affinity watching the character Elvira in this movie yeah I mean like how could you hate Elvira like there's there's nothing to hate yeah you know? like she's just great I'm so glad you brought up Cassandra Peterson though because I did do a little research about her uh, and this movie she was born in 1951 just FYI she's been on the planet for a minute she's a Virgo um she is of course an actress writer singer and she's best known for her portrayal as the horror hostess Elvira however Mm -hmm. she was in uh Diamonds Are Forever she had a role as a showgirl in that Bond movie she was also in uh Federico Fellini's Roma also as a dancer also uncredited she's uncredited in both those movies um much much later she was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure and her and Paul Rubens are our friends and I love that (laughs) that just makes me happy um she played the in Pee Wee's Big Adventure she's like like a biker mama that's in mm. the biker bar. She's like the redhead who like sort of threatens them a little bit. Um, I learned that um, this whole character, um, just a little bit of like for us here in Los Angeles, a bit of like local media history is uh, Channel KHJ Channel 9 Los Angeles had this longstanding tradition of filling late night blocks of time with um, a catalog of like old B horror movies as a way to just uh, we need programming. And back in the 50s, there was the Vampire Show. And this was like the first kind of iteration of this. And then it didn't last very long. It was only on for like a year or two. Uh, and then it was revived in the 70s with a show called Fright Night. Uh, and there was a, the host was this woman named Moon Lisa, and she wore like a cat suit. Um, eventually, she was replaced by a guy named Sinister Seymour, who held the position until he died. And then when he died, they were looking for a new host. And a lot of people... I guess somebody at the station had seen Elvira, who was a groundling, by the way. She participated in that uh, comedy institution, which Chelsea is also a member of. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do the, their Sunday company, you know, so it's it's cool seeing. She's definitely someone who I know they, they've got her on the, the big shrine wall of alumni, along with Paul Rubens and, and a number, number of other uh, of other folks. But yeah, she's she's definitely... She's definitely an inspiration in that regard as far as a, a, a working actress who is comedic, is writes writes her own material, is is very, you know, like you said, Travis, like you're like, oh, that's 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 her. Like there's something very like yeah, that, you know, that that's who she is. There's a very genuine quality. You know, some people do very like schlocky mm-hmm. kinds of that stuff serves too. I don't want to I don't want to, you know, shit on different. There's different styles of characters, of course, but um yeah there's you're so definitely nice you're always so diplomatic i draw well you know there's different styles of comedy i'm i'm always learning like i'm like it's crap <laughs> your 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 opinion is also valid yes i've had a drink it's fine <laughs> the interesting thing is that this character she the station was looking for someone they saw her as a groundling and i think somebody at the station kind of already knew they wanted her even though they hadn't seen her in any kind of she wasn't done up in any way she had this character but she didn't necessarily have the look and they were auditioning tons of people and they weren't finding somebody who could be both sexy and funny. That was like the Ooh. important combo. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, like sad that like that was such a hard thing to fill because like women aren't so supposed true. to be funny. No, like, I know. Like, you bring up such a good point, like, you know? And she, I, I, I took a little peek at her memoir, which I have to order because mm. I, I have to know more. But, you know, she really resisted auditioning. 
Uh, I don't know why exactly, but she just uh, she just didn't. And then eventually she got kind of convinced. Just just do it. So she shows up at the audition, but she didn't know that um, she's supposed to show up in costume. So she shows up to a room full of women who are all dressed with like black and fangs, and they're all being very intimidating to each other, and they're all reading from this very terrible script. And she kind of put off auditioning. She ended up going last. And while she was waiting to audition, she took the time to kind of basically punch up the script. Because again, she's a groundling. She's used to writing material. And she's looking at this thing. She's like, I can't sell this. Like, this isn't funny, you know? And because she, you know, adjusted the script and made it, you know, that cl- the, basically the kinds of jokes you see in this movie. It was that exact same tone. She got the fucking part, you know? Yeah. And she didn't need to be in a wig or anything. In fact, she really wanted to look like Sharon Stone from the, or sorry, Sharon Tate uh, from the Vampire Hunters. And the station was like, no, you got to do something else. So she and her, her best friend came up with the Elvira look. And it's more of a reference to like, you know, the Ronettes and like that sort of girl group thing and, and but it also has a little bit of that 80s rocker wig yeah. i mean it's really an yeah. interesting echo of the past but also very contemporary my gosh yeah. i have this like newfound love for cassandra peterson well especially after she um recently came out as right. bisexual mm. in her memoir yeah she revealed she's been with the same woman for like 18 years and Which... or something like that Amazing and groundbreaking, but can we give credit to the woman who was with Elvira for 18 years and said nothing? Yeah, I know. Oh my God. Way to say the quiet part loud there. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's uh, well, quite a little quite a little feather in your cap there I mean, ma'am that takes some restraint you know <laughs> like, like how do you not brag about that shit how can like, you not this, this is why women are the better species no. because yeah. if this were men i'm not even i'm not even kidding yeah. if this for men that would have been like way out out of the closet before, absolutely yeah before that so. yeah. discretion is um yeah definitely an undervalued um, yeah oh and i i know i was like oh i'm done but i did want to mention that before elvira like got her break you know and and this local tv station was like her break you know which is sort of an interesting way to word it but she's had a 40 year career playing this character in various iterations and she's been put in pinball machines and on mugs and you know she's got books and comic books and movies but she worked a lot of shitty jobs before that she was a data entry temp Mm. Uh, she was living in a rundown apartment. She worked as a secretary, a hat check girl, a restaurant hostess. She was a model for Hugh Hefner's agency, Playboy Models. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sold weed on the side and used her ex-boyfriend's camera to take topless photos of her girlfriends and sell those to Japanese men's magazines. Wow. Uh, and this and this was all while performing two to four nights a week at the Groundlings. Uh, what an entrepreneur. Uh, just had to get that out there. An entrepreneur with multiple streams of income. Seriously, though, I mean, like, way to like, way to way to hustle and just and to be multi-skilled in that as a business person to be having these various different markets that you're dipping your toes into at all times. Like, it just, it, it, right. it's fun. That whole like, yeah, hustle culture thing has never not existed in Los Angeles, I yeah. guess, or or in the world, really. Why why limit it to LA? Um, Absolutely. But, but I thought just, you know, reading that all that series of jobs, it, that is such a that can happen to any of us, you know? Yeah. It, it just, it, I, yeah. I have to say it, it, it does feel like uh, there is something like a like bygone era about that type of L.A. grind as far as like whether oh, like you're an actor, comedian. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Where I mean, do I get a hat check girl speci- job? Specificity of that job aside, it's like there is, you know, there the, the harsh reality is that there are 
it, this is a very difficult industry to break into, regardless in, in what capacity you want to break in, if you don't have a significant financial um, advantage of some kind or, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of convenience, some kind of setup or, or relation, you know, like these, these, this is a very relationship driven uh field and a very um, money and established connections via said money field. And so um, I'm, I'm always very taken by these romantic, <laughs> I call them romantic, but it's simply just that like true, like I, I grinded in the industry. I, I, I struggled. And then, you know, I find that very relatable. So that's my personal yeah. projection onto, onto, <laughs> Elvira. onto Elvira, onto yeah. Cassandra. Cassandra. Which is so interesting because she went through that struggle in the movie for a bit, right? Yeah. Like obviously it was like it was not to that that extent, but you know, they've got the scene where she's hustling for jobs yeah. and she's trying to find ways to make money so she can pay for her show in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if any of that was intentional, like if there yeah. was any intent to reflect her life well, into this this movie yeah and she did help you know she was one of the three screenwriters so i mean she definitely had a hand in the writing of this um it was directed by a fellow named james signorelli who he has done a few films but he's really known for was he was a segment producer for like over 400 episodes of snl mm-hmm. so wow. this director was very steeped in comedy um and i think that shows right yeah. um but yeah. he was the guy who produced a lot of the commercial parodies that you see on snl you know all those like fake commercials or this is this guy so um yeah i mean there was something about this movie that had some of it had to do with like certain character actors that we saw in there like we were discussing how um an actress who appears in both ferris bueller and planes trains and automobiles is uh playing chastity pariah you know who's this like wet blanket in the yeah. the, the, the town that reminds you of where you grew up um yes yeah i mean so this, this movie the plot in essence is right like she needs fifty thousand dollars to get a vegas showcase going um, cause yeah. she's just lost her job at a TV station, which is all about like consent. Shit, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like the, the guy wants to. Yeah. I mean, for like, I appreciate this too about her character that she is very open and sexually liberated, but she's simultaneously like has her standards and sticks to them. And she's not one to get transactional about, about, uh, who she pursues. It's like, that is purely for her pleasure, how she, you know, who she engages with that way you know i mean like i i yeah, I, yeah it's feminist as fuck <laughs> love that yeah it it really is like and it's great to see a role with somebody that you know it, especially at that time in, in you know the late 80s where she was dressed a very specific way yeah and she looked amazing and it was just yeah this is just how i dress and yeah yeah. yeah, and I still deserve to be treated with respect and kindness. And, Absolutely. And, I love to... So oh, sorry, cool. continue. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just saying, I just think that was so cool. I So I, I, I completely agree. And I also, you know going off what you said about her just she she dresses how she wants to dress and it's it's not for anyone but her her own you know self-gratification she's not she's not specifically trying to please any any you know perceiver of her anything but she also enjoys she 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 lets herself enjoy that attention if like as she just as she sees fit uh and then also too in a very literal sense like her 
getup, if you will, I, specifically mm-hmm. her shoes, are something that she she uses. Well, she uses them as a weapon twice in the film, mm-hmm. and I just not. But like I, I'm trying to draw the draw attention to what I feel is sort of like a metaphor that's come like that becomes very literal in the sense that she is like taking such ownership of her for femininity and her and her sexuality that um you know like the the from the very first guy like it was also I felt like a nice. Uh, uh, bookend. Although I don't think this film was was going for any significant metaphors and bookends like this, but you know she she uh, stubs the the foot of the first produce that that lo- long oh, I forget his name, but the the guy who like just goes straight for her titties in that first <laughs> that, that first so scene, brazen. and she she like yeah. walks from the job, you know. But but she like. You know that that looked like it hurt when she stomped into him. Then you've got that at the very end when she's fighting the the mm-hmm. uncle and she the stiletto like is stuck in her. The pump is the heel is stuck in his head. And he has to pop it out and he's he's in agony and it's, it's around the point she starts getting the upper hand again in the scene. And uh, I just find that very interesting that there are these moments like that where it's it's you know like weaponizing your femininity yeah or yeah just that you know that she she uh is in full autonomy of that like she is in full control of that mm-hmm. you know so good we were talking about how uh before the show just how like the fact that you know she has to travel to massachusetts we weren't sure what kind of movie we were getting you know it was like oh is this gonna be a road trip movie like i had like there was something a little too wong fu about her getting into that convertible and suddenly driving cross country but i was like oh this is just what happens when an la woman like goes home yeah (laughs) it's a very very la uh relatable movie in that in that capacity (laughs) there were a lot of great lines i have a couple i wrote down um but i i think the the line about like she was wearing next to nothing and the husband's like I say it was next to plenty. (laughs) It just, there were so many like gags like that. I mean, so many. I loved all that. I really loved all those lines. I mean, Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm Elvira, but you can call me tonight. I love that. Yeah. That was a great one too. I know there's, there's, um, I think, you know, I think one of my favorites was when she is, she thinks that the spell book that was left by her aunt was a cookbook. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's mispronouncing, like she thought it said casserole and it yes. said something, I'm forgetting what she thought it was. And then she ends up conjuring a demon Yeah, like while she's cooking, which honestly is what I would accidentally do while cooking. Yeah. Accidentally <laughs> conjure a demon for sure. Yeah. The sort of like inherent like comment on domesticity that like, we're not doing that here. Exactly. Know? I also, you know, going off of that, the cookbook too, there was another moment where she's, she does, she misreads it and she sees a one that says like moolah. She's like, that's what we need. We need money, uh, moolah. See, yeah, I, uh, and, I, and I think in the same scene, like the, the they're in the attic. She's in there with her love interest in the film. Who yeah, is just he's so handsome, and uh, but passive and not toxic mask, which I really appreciate. So true. Yeah, totally. And like and like the lights go out, and she's like, oh, I think that was a love spell. And then the lights yeah. come on. She's holding a big snake. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, he's turned into a werewolf. He's not going to be like, she turned him into something. And no, she's just holding this snake. He's on the other side of the attic in that. Like they're they're like a good, like six or plus like COVID safe distance. Like that. (laughs) I mean, you bring up such a great point. He is a, he is a a star role model himbo, I think. And the very, 
I think that I, I think he sets the standard as being an incredibly handsome, soft, soft-natured. Yeah, he was perfect. Supportive yeah. man. Uh, yeah. In a, in a female-driven film, he didn't film. draw any focus. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> just, just disappeared into that background. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like supportive enough, right, yes. to where it wasn't like. He was like, oh, I'm proud of my woman. But it was just a, you know, he's like, he just really encouraged her and and really wanted her to do well. And he wasn't trying to, you know, what I really love is that at the end, she didn't have this like crushing realization that love was what she wanted yes. all along and uh, forget about Las yeah. Vegas. You know, like she ended up still pursuing her dreams, which oh, yeah. I thought was really cool oh that's a really good point i mean it's like i know this isn't like a traditional princess movie or anything but it could have had all of that it could have fallen down that path really easily and it didn't and um, it's great oh it's Um, very satisfying for her to 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 get her to get her gig oh yeah yeah. it's interesting how like cassandra peterson's almost doing she's a woman doing female drag yeah. Like that's what this character yeah. feels like to me. It's like and I don't mean that like in a negative way. I mean it's like right. because she's like completely in this character and she's such a like um extreme feminine, you know, Yeah, character. extreme makeup, extreme hair, yeah. all and, of that. Yeah. And the fact that it has like right, the macabre aspect and the B movie aspect, I mean it, it fits in this weird kind of universe of like the late eighties, early nineties of like I mean it's right in there with Mr. Science Theater and riffing on bad movies. Like, loving a movie because it's bad, you know, is like a, a feature in this movie. When it's she's a, to a love of camp. Like, on a exactly, metal level, this yeah. is a campy yeah. movie about a, the love of camp. Like, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It's like, and you know that drag queens were involved in creating this film. Oh, yes. absolutely. You know that there were. They're always involved. Absolutely. <laughs> always. And it is like, it is that, you know, it's, I'm watching it. And when I was watching it today, I was like, oh my God, I know, I now get why this is such like a gay iconic mm-hmm. movie and why she is such a gay icon. Cause yeah. it's so campy yeah. and it's so over the top, but it's, even though it, here's what I love, even though it is that campy and over the top and it's clearly costume, it still has this wonderful, beautiful authenticity. To yes, it. absolutely. It's so real. Yeah. Absolutely. And I absolutely. think like, I think of people like Dolly Parton that, you know, it's a costume and it's camp, but it's also so real. Yeah, yeah it's earnest, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like, it's just interesting. The town, you know, when the town is wanting to get her to leave, mm-hmm. the way that they go about trying to get her to leave by finding this old law that practicing <laughs> witchcraft was so punishable. So by, insane by being burned at the stake. And like, they just go for it. Oh my and god! The whole town goes. For I know. It. Absolutely. Like, it's so funny. It's it is like the cover image, like where I was. Like, but I just didn't expect there to be a witch burning scene. <laughs> like, and that was just not like expected. That was so outrageous. It is insane, and it's also so funny that just. A little bit of light rain not even like super heavy rain but like you know medium rain just everybody was just oh we gotta get out of here like <laughs> call it off all right she can you know and then uh uh then you have that that final scene where they're all coming up with their blue pitch for the shovels you think is she they're gonna rampage her and then they're like no we're gonna help you clean up like it like, just the turnaround was like we realized we were wrong you know <laughs> just that, like it was it was all off camera like they all had their epiphany about hey she's not so bad they like i found that funny i found that funny in the in the best way like it was so so dumb and silly and fun very sketch to me it was very like 
Yeah. Well, you know, they were sitting, it was like, it's almost like you see them like sitting down. They're like, well, we're really out of time. Yeah. And <laughs> that's exactly what this was. And, and it's just, it's bold face. Just like, let's get to the, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Like, and then it was like a, we see her in Vegas, which mm-hmm. I'm glad that we do, but it was like, yeah. I didn't know there was going to be like a, a song and, an, and I, I really felt like it was like, oh, this is, um, you know, Cassandra Peterson slash Alvaro, like, like getting to have her opportunity. Like she literally says it in the song. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't get a chance to do this. So just indulge me. And Cassandra Peterson actually did work as a showgirl in Vegas. Like it was like mm-hmm. a big part of how she came up. Yeah. But it is like, was there ever an Elvira show in Vegas? And like, why isn't that a thing? You yeah. Know? Like, you know, because I yeah. would go see that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Well, and like, and why, like with the last 10 minutes of the movie, did we get to find out along with the character that she's actually a witch too? Right. Like, I'm like, Wait, I have a lot of questions about this storyline. It's a whole other movie. It's a whole other movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm like, wait a second. I feel like there was a lot of things we could have cut out and really inserted this whole witch. That should have been moved up. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you don't sacrifice my let's clean up this house music montage. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was prioritized is so funny in terms of it. This like this was a surprising, like super grounded working girl movie when you think about it. And like, I mean, you know, they take the time to like the whole that that's that scene with the boys climbing up the house is a long scene. You know, the the drive with the hot dog drop. You know, there's a lot of gratuitous (laughs) just like silliness that was was that took you know, they said plot backseat, hot dog in the titties. Let's that's what this is. Yeah. This like, you know, <laughs> we, yeah. how, do we, how do we write our way to that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which side note, I think one of the best lines in the movie, honestly, was like, along with the like, how's your head? Well, I've never had any mm-hmm. complaints was when they are doing the house cleanup scene. Yeah. Um, and, and she goes. All right, boys, just pick up a tool and drive it on in. Yes. She has so many, so many fun puns. I loved her little, like, how she had these little, like, tight cigarette pants on for that scene that had, like, Mm -hmm. the open side. Like, she was... I, I just thought it was funny. There was like a, she had like a, a working man's outfit, which was like still just incredibly. So many fun costumes. Skin tight. That was a know? great one. Yeah. I also love too. And there's the Rambo beat. She was like, worth a shot. You know, like, and that was just, it's truly just for that, that yeah. picture, you know? And, um, you know, when she's lying in the bed, the wig extension. Oh, that was, like, I thought about that too. I was like, her hair's not that long, but I don't care. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think my favorite line, and I think this is this definitely like a popularly memed one, it, or like a is is that uh, I'll just go hang myself in the oven. Like I just thought that was so <laughs> funny. Like that is, oh, it's so good. Like that that whole scene was very funny. Like the way she's so glib to these kids that she's gonna kill herself because she can't get them to come see this like B movie. You know, like oh, that scene's great. Yeah, yeah, she's just yeah. That that was really funny. I just so I got, well, I'm oven. just gonna go. Might just hang myself in the oven and just it very it reminded me too of like the sort the quirky St. Clair uh you know waiting for Guffman when he's when he's spiraling he's like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna bite my pillow you know <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do um, yeah. I think we need to bring back I'm gonna hang myself in the oven <laughs> I don't even myself. think I don't even think I got like quite the wings it deserved no so yeah. I really think that needs to be it is it's a, a joke that gets I feel like the reason it has gotten like screen capped with the ca- like the caption like I saw online is like there are people who are lo- like big enough fans of this movie to have 
taken the time to appreciate this, like the line by line jokes to find that, like that, you know, cause yeah, you you could, you could totally miss that joke. It's so she, in general, she delivers things so casually, like yeah. every, almost every line is a joke or pun that she's like, literally, yeah. I think, you know, no, she's slamming on everybody. It's almost line, line for line, like yeah. some set it up, knock it down, set it up, knock it down. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of jokes per minute. I like the line. Here's uh, here's to my big opening. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I like too that the the young daughter, or not the daughter, but the younger girl who Laughs is someone's daughter. Like, well, she she yeah. At that point, she's like she you know, and Elvira's like, no, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. so you know, yeah. Like yes. for once, she wasn't in on that. Um, it's definitely like right, there was also a scene where I mean, this is when she's still driving across country at the beginning of the movie. She passes a sign for Kansas, and it says Kansas. Land of Oz, but not O Z like A H S, which like I was just I didn't even understand like quite why, but I liked it. Like I just yeah. thought it was funny. Like there was, if there was ever an opportunity to make a joke, they made it. Like I didn't, I didn't go so far as to freeze frame every town council member's name, but yeah. Chastity Pariah is you know it's a pretty great joke name yeah you know for someone who's in a wet blanket and repressed which she most certainly was yeah um yeah i don't like the simplicity of that too that it's like it's repressed people kind of versus this woman who just is living her life yeah i love that and you know it's funny as much as i was saying like i didn't expect like a witch burning but that is like i mean burning witches is a a metaphor. I mean, it's, it literally happened, of course, like in the sense that women and men were <laughs> murdered we're by the burned, state. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that concept of like, we still burn witches societally, you know, like we, yeah. we, we, we have all kinds of ways of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. It makes total sense that that's how that would end, actually, you know, yeah. like because it is like the, the perfect metaphor for like, we don't like you, we don't understand you and we're just going to we're just going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> like because that's all we have. That's our last idea. Yeah. 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 It's true. It is true. And that's definitely something that still, you know, happens. I mean, not literally. I I do think though, if you gave some people an option, they would opt to burn people in Absolutely. the middle of town. Oh yeah. There's some there's some messed up messed up people in the world, y'all. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, I it was nice. And I like that she ended up saving herself. I mean, granted, I'm a little bit bitter that we didn't get like the full like witch backstory. Yeah. Um, but I like the flashback to her as a baby. So funny. With the makeup and the dress and the hair still. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which was awesome. Ha- which was so good. Love that. I love that. I got. I have to ask, have you, did, did you see the uh, Emma Stone Cruella? Yes. I do. Do you, did you not feel that maybe there were some like tonal or homages you know, if I if that isn't too far fetched, at least in the sense that like I feel like this director who of Cruella had to have you know, like with the baby with the same with the black and white hair being born. I think you know, I know it's been in other movies, like like Doctor Evil always looked like Doctor Evil. You know, I know that's a thing that that is used a lot with sketch yeah. type characters in, in movies. Mm-hmm. But uh anyway, I guess I, I guess I was like a baby born. I was asking a beard. like a very yeah. a very leading question perhaps. <laughs> Like, do they not have similarities? (laughs) (laughs) Not being led to my answer at all. They really do. They really do, though. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think sometimes I think, you know, I don't think, you know, movies borrow from other movies, but I'm sure that that director was watching Elvira and was like, well, we're just going to loosely write the script for uh, Cruella. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I think. I mean, I, th- I definitely just feel like there's got to have been a little bit of of awareness in that regard because that director too, he, he had also made uh, I Tanya, and so oh, I feel yeah. like he has. Uh, a connection of that type of of that cultural that that cultural spine if you will i think there's yeah. that that same that same world of interest of like tanya harding and and also with the with cruella and the the the, the fashion take that it that it went down and you know i i think it's totally within the realm of possibility that elvira was an inspiration i don't know oh yeah. a thousand percent a thousand yeah. percent and if and if he's a member of the alphabet mafia yeah then then yeah hands down put him on the stake and let's burn him yeah no. <laughs> i actually did not know that um that the director for cruella directed itania so that's unless I i'm unless i'm totally to speaking off i'm i'm like 90 percent sure itania yeah. was so good i love that that was really yeah, yeah that's good it was so he's also producing that show physical right now on uh, apple plus which totally oh, checks out now um, i love that show yeah is it good it looked i love the the previews oh. looked pretty 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 good it is listen rose Byrne could literally be in anything and i would watch it she could be in a charmin commercial and i would think it was the best acting i just i, love I loved her um and i that show was really good 10 yeah. out of 10 absolutely all right i love that i saw your eyes cross a little bit when you were like explaining how good it was so i just in case anyone at home needed to know (laughs) yes it's that good this is is an earnest recommendation not just some he's not just plugging he's not work he's not secretly working for for apple uh, yeah none of us are being paid by anyone (laughs) to endorse anything yeah um yeah well not i mean maybe travis's i don't know uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you said that was such sadness. Um, I've said everything I can say about this movie. I'm not trying to shut down the conversation. I'm just being being honest. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, though. I was so glad that you chose this one. Absolutely. Um, and man, like I, it was it was so funny. It was just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is this one that, that in your selection of this movie, Travis, was it, I mean, understandably, yeah, Halloween and we gave you a narrow list we I did, mean, to be fair. Yeah. 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 To, to a degree. Yeah. I was literally like, what's the gayest thing I can find on this I love list that. that I would like. And no, you know, it was, it's a movie that I, I know the character I know of the actress, you know, it's, I, um, when I saw the movie, I thought it was a really good opportunity because I'd never actually seen the movie. It was funny because I thought I had seen it and I was really bummed. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I've never seen this movie. Oh, lovely. I, it's one of those movies I think I started watching on Hulu and I got like 10 minutes in. And then let's be honest, I'm over 30. I probably started the movie after 8.30 and fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatable. I'm very <laughs> much yeah, so. I'm be a thousand percent honest. But so it was really nice to sit down with intention and watch this movie and take some notes and oh, you took get, to, notes. get to enjoy so it and, and get like a little, you know, a little, little choked up. Just the storyline was so good. I think those are things that growing up gay and a psychic medium in a small town of Ohio, yeah. um, you know, that kind of that, persecution feeling where now granted i i wasn't uh tied to a stake and burned however not literally again, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> not literally but figuratively every yeah. figuratively every day every and day and i think if some people had the option yeah they would have i know yeah 
But no, so it was really cool to see, to watch this film about, you know, just somebody standing in their power, being who they are, despite what other people think of them and pushing forward with their dreams and, and their life anyway, and and not, not caring in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's so, what a wonderful insight. I'm so glad you brought up the psychic mediumness because I would love to give you space to you know, we don't have to promote you and, and your, your abilities, but I would love, we, we want to make sure that anyone listening, maybe if they want to reach out, they can. Yeah. I mean, you can find me on uh TikTok. My handle is um, at Travis warrior unicorn. Awesome. Um, my website is warrior unicorn.net. Um, but you know, just a little backstory. It's um, a, a gift that I have always had, I make the joke that my grandmother on my dad's side, who I was very close to, um, she let me play with a Ouija board when I was a kid. And here we are. I love that. Um, I love that. She really did let me play with a Ouija board when I was a kid. But, um, you know, but it's something that I've always been a part of myself that I've always just kind of, um, I've been connected to, but always disregarded just because I came out of one closet. And, you know, and I think being a, being a person of the gay community, like we're coming out all the time to new people in different situations. And so Mm -hmm. for a long time, the last thing I wanted to do was tell people like, oh, and by the way, um, I can talk to dead people. Like, it's not, you know, (laughs) that's not like something you necessarily put on a billboard and walk around town telling people, but we're in such a different time now and seeing spirituality just kind of take this massive surge absolutely post covid and seeing people just share their stories and their experiences has been really great so um i came out of the broom closet (laughs) (laughs) during covid and you know i'll tell you it was really scary but it's been like one of the most rewarding and exciting um things that i've been able to um to tap into in my life so i'm very thankful that's yeah. So cool. I mean, you yeah. don't have to answer this question if it's if it's not like uh ethically okay, but like what sure. what was like one of the most I'm not sure what the most whatever. I I'm trying to think like the most impactful yeah. or the the moment that shook you the most like maybe working with somebody or mm-hmm. or, or something. Yeah. Yeah, again, whatever however you want to answer that. No pressure. Yeah, I you know, I think what you know, it's it doesn't shake me in the moment. Because when I'm in and I'm doing a reading and I'm with a client, I'm um, I'm connected to spirit and it's flowing through. And it it even if it's really tough to deliver, it still feels very warm and loving. It doesn't really affect me until I've disconnected and I've exited the session, and then I catch a breath and I, I just think, wow, you know, like that's that was hard and yeah. that's hard for the person overall, I think some of the hardest things that people are are walking through is that feeling of feeling stuck, those feelings of anxiety and depression and, and that kind of drowning feeling that sometimes we can feel as humans. And, and what gets me emotional if I sit and think about it for too long is just, um, people feeling a massive amounts of guilt for things that they carry in their life and not knowing how to release that. Yes. And yes. that's, 
that's hard, but I feel very privileged that people trust me with that and we can talk through those things. And you know what, it's, it's funny, right? Cause there's this perception of psychics and mediums that, you know, that we're fortune tellers and soothsayers and, <laughs> and all of this. And, you know, there's a little bit of that, mm-hmm. right. But it's really being able to take that kind of that bird's eye view of the hurricane of someone's life yeah. and share insights and things that perhaps they can't see or, mm-hmm. or aren't aware of, or help them face really tough truths yeah and just be that safe space for them for however long the session is so that's um that i think shakes me the most if i uh Mm -hmm. if i really think about it Mm -hmm. well i appreciate you sharing that thank you thank you for asking no it's it's great to hear you offer a little insight about it you know because i think a lot of people don't you know i certainly don't have always a clear picture of what that means when people say like you know a psychic medium so yeah super cool absolutely (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. And if you know, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody had asked me if this is what I would be doing right. uh, professionally, I would be like, no, no, probably not. But you know, never say never, right? Right. It's oh, great. No, I think it's lovely. I just want to say too, like you know, that you are, you know, you're in sort of that that genre specialty within the TikTok community that. You know, I'm certainly a, f- uh, a fan and an avid viewer or consumer of some of that that content on my uh, on my feed pretty regularly. As far as um, it just being like readings or card dealings, you know, or just you know that there's also there's a lot of uh, what you just talked about, like co- coping with difficult feelings and and feelings of uh, stagnation or anxiety. Um, also, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like, it's a big one. Guilt. I, yeah. And the guilt. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, it's relate so, to that. Yeah. that's so, um, I think it's so empowering to see that. And I, I appreciate the accessibility of it too, because I think, um, you know, I've definitely, I've gone to like actual like psychics or, you know, tarot, had tarot readings, if you will, and or whatever. And it's like, I, you know, they've, I've had some some middling results or a lot of skepticism around that. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of that comes from that fear of the vulnerability that comes with, you know, engaging, you know, and I think there's something really lovely about the sharing of that on TikTok and and providing that accessibility and, and it and and sort of saying like that offering permission to explore that kind of spirituality, those spiritual answers to those, to those feelings and, and, and thoughts, you know, if that, I feel like that's so rambly what I was trying to say, but I hope that made sense. Totally made sense. No, it totally made sense. And I think, you know, some universal themes that a lot of us as humans deal with, aside from, you know, depression, guilt, anxiety, we all deal deal with fear and shame and how that impacts us on a daily basis. Yeah. 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 And so I think, you know, and there are, I mean, granted, you know, with everything, there's going to be practitioners that don't operate ethically and, and use a lot of fear-based tactics to either drum up business for themselves or drum up a following. Um, you're going to have that in any segment of any, anything at all when it comes to people. Right. But what I think is so nice is that there are those really nice spaces on TikTok of people just sharing their experiences and walking along their spiritual path and 
you know, and, and sharing their stories and sharing help and insight. Cause I think the misconception is, is that people jump on a spiritual path. They choose spirituality over religion or anything else. They're like, I chose spirituality and I have this spiritual awakening and everything is great. And like, no sis. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. It is great. And it is wonderful. It really is. It's hard work and it's, it's a lot of, reflection and it's a lot of deep diving and going to some really tough places and so i think sometimes we all just need somebody to hold our hand while we walk through the dark a bit and help us find our way home so it's nice to it's nice to be a part of that for people's journey that's lovely yeah 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 i can't think of a better way to close the show i know i don't want to i don't want to say we have to end it here i just think we do though i I thought that was so like poetic and lovely like i just i don't want to spoil it with my my dumb little brain farts. <laughs> I'm all farted out. I'll fart. It's fine. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. And this has been so fun. Oh, good. Aww. I'm glad. I realized, like, yeah. right at the end of a day, maybe like an hour talking about <laughs> talking bullshit with some people. Check out his content, yeah. everybody, you know, um, and check out this movie, too. This was I'm going to just end on a, a, that, you know, I recommend it. I give it <laughs> I give it the Chelsea thumbs up. Yeah. Two yeah. stars, one for the left, one for the right. Thank you for listening to A Breath of Fresh Movie. You can follow us on Twitter at Fresh Movie Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at A Breath of Fresh Movie. Or you can email us. We actually prefer that at A Breath of Fresh Movie at gmail.com.